0: Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, Connecting Two Mysteries, A Lost Company of Marines and A Lost Cemetery. Today's episode of No Home for Heroes is taken from a total of 18 case files in our files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. (laughs) We've never done this before in our one of our podcasts, so today's episode will be very, very special. I'm your host, Rick Stone, and this is another great and true story from our vault of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We invite you to listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast or streaming platform you prefer. We're on just about all of them. We dedicate our 51st episode today to the men and women of the Secretary of Defense and Joint Staff's Freedom of Information Act office. Thanks for helping our foundation get the documents we need to try to solve history's military mysteries. Today we're going to apply the principle of Occam's Razor to try to solve not just one, but two mysteries from the Battle of Tarawa. Occam's Razor is named for an ancient philosopher. It's a problem-solving principle that states in the simplest form that whatever is the simplest solution is usually the right one. (laughs) But sometimes the simplest solutions to problems are the ones that escape us the most. When I worked for the Department of Defense, I tried to bring a career's worth of investigative study to helping solve hundreds of MIA cases from all over the world. An old Occam's principle was a favorite of mine. Try to find the most simplest solution. Today, we're pleased to share how Occam's razor might be applied to these cases and these types of cases with you on No Home for Heroes. Have you ever watched a news program or a talk show and the host says something like, hey, stay tuned for our story on how Bigfoot was sighted at the local McDonald's? (laughs) Or, after the break, we look at what's inside Grant's tomb. Well, (laughs) here's a hint. It's not just General Grant. The solution is, Occam would say, Mr. and Mrs. Grant. Anyway, this kind of promo is known in the radio and TV business as a tease. So here's our tease for today's No Home for Heroes. What does the entire casualty list Of a rifle company of combat Marines, the 1960s sitcom Green Acres, and a lost cemetery on an obscure Pacific island all have in common. (laughs) Something tells me we're going to put all those dots together for you and maybe even then some. The 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, was designated to land on Red Beach 2 during the invasion of Tarawa in 1943. C. Company, known in that day's parlance as Charlie Company, was loaded into landing craft from the USS Monrovia and the USS Sheridan at about 1.30 in the afternoon on the first day of the battle, 20 November 1943. Through a series of incredible communication failures, the entire battalion, hundreds of combat Marines, were forced to spend all afternoon and all night floating outside the reef without being ordered to land. Can you imagine the amount of seasickness that was involved in this operation? At about, oh, 6.15 in the morning on 21 November 1943, the landing craft containing Charlie Company, C Company, attempted to land on Red Beach 2, but were hung up on the reef about 500 yards, over a quarter of a mile from the beach, Due to a lack of water over the coral to float the landing craft across. Charlie Company disembarked from the front ramps of the landing craft into about four feet of warm water and was immediately confronted with heavy fire from the Japanese defenders entrenched on Red Beach 2 and from enemy machine gunners and snipers who were positioned on the exposed superstructure of a ship, a sunken Japanese ship called the Seidu Maru that was in the lagoon. Charlie Company was raked by the accurate fire of the enemy, and many Marines never completed the long wade into shore. Of those that did reach land, perhaps 30 members of Charlie Company assembled about 20 yards west of the main pier on Red Beach 2 and awaited further orders. Three of their six company officers were wounded, and the unit huddled behind a coconut log seawall to reorganize before ultimately attacking inland. According to reports later submitted to the 2nd Marine Division, quote, many casualties occurred in boats and landing craft. Many others were among troops waiting ashore, and a large proportion of these bodies were washed out to sea and unrecovered. The after action report by the battalion commander was submitted, which specifically described the 1st Battalion, eight Marines activities. In his report, he wrote, quote, The first wave landed on the edge of the reef at about 0615, and when the ramps went down, it received very heavy fire. I believe we received 90% of our casualties in the water. Our total casualties were, I think, 328, including 90 missing. We lost about 230 men in the water. At about noon, we just about all of our troops, had just about all of our troops ashore, numbering about 630. But they were greatly disorganized. Among the casualties cited by the battalion commander were 20 members of Charlie Company, C Company, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines. In July 2011, while a member of the acutely dysfunctional Joint POW MIA Accounting Command, or JPAC, I was assigned to investigate 521 cases of MIAs from this battle, including the 20 from Charlie Company. It took me a few days to find seven. Just a few days to find seven. Seven Marines who were really never missing in the first place, including one man who died in Michigan in 1977 after the Veterans Administration told him they couldn't help him because he'd already been killed in Tarawa in 1943. (laughs) If you're interested in that mystery, Check out our episode, episode number three on No Home for Heroes, titled The MIAs Who Never Were. Almost 10 years later now, the number of MIA cases from Tarawa has been reduced to 374 as of today's date. The Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation is proud to have been a small part of the effort to locate, recover, and identify over 140 missing American servicemen from this battle. But here is one mystery that we have failed to solve, or maybe we have solved it. On the morning of November 21st, 20 members of Charlie Company, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines went missing, with only one exception. Not a single one of these men of Charlie Company have ever been found in the past 78 years. Charlie Company is the only one of dozens of marine rifle companies on Tarawa that day that have not had any of their MIAs turn up in, for example, some native's garden or found in construction activity on the island or in the last 78 years discovered buried in one of the 43 military cemeteries listed on Tarawa or identified from the 103 unknowns that we've investigated which were buried in the Punch Bowl Cemetery in Honolulu, Hawaii. Or, in the final case, found by the private contractors hired by the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency, or DEPA, to do the go- job the government pays DPA to do by searching the island for the remains of our missing heroes. But you've got the real crux of this issue. Not one MIA from C Company, Charlie Company, has ever been found. Well, that's not quite true. There is one exception, as we said. The lone exception is Sergeant Jack Maples from Oklahoma. He was a member of C Company, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines. During the battle, Sergeant Maples and 44 other wounded Marines were rescued from the water and placed aboard a Higgins boat, a landing craft, commanded by Navy Lieutenant Edward A. Heimberger, a U.S. Naval officer. Lieutenant Heimberger came under the same heavy, intense fire as the Marines he he was rescuing. All of the wounded Marines were brought to the USS Schroeder, which was a destroyer just outside the lagoon. Sergeant Maples was received on board the USS Schroeder at 9.15 in the morning on 21 November 1943. Sadly, Sergeant Maples had died before he arrived on the destroyer. He was soon buried at sea. So, who was Navy Lieutenant Heimberger? You probably know him better today as the actor Eddie Albert. He's today known as the star of the 1960s sitcom Green Acres. (laughs) Be warned, if you start humming the show's theme song, you won't be able to get it out of your head. So let me help you. Green acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. Land spreading out so far and wide. Keep Manhattan, just give me this countryside. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> okay, so I can't sing. No mystery there. But we promise to tie in the mystery of why none of C Company's MIAs have ever been found to another terrible mystery. Our other mystery we're going to talk about today is the mystery of a known cemetery on Tarawa that has never been found. It's known as the Lost Cemetery. Any guesses on the name of this lost cemetery? How about Cemetery C? That's right, Cemetery Charlie. Thirteen individuals are recorded in the Graves Registration Unit records as buried in Cemetery C. Twelve by name and one unknown. All of these casualties are in military parlance unresolved, meaning they've never been found. Foundation researchers have discovered two photographs of Cemetery C, including the partially exposed grave of one of those listed as buried in Cemetery C, Private First Class Oscar Laverne Olson. This photograph was taken shortly after the battle, and there's a crude cross in the photo which reads O.L. Olson, and there's a broken stretcher leg lying in the sand next to the cross, which would indicate that the grave's possible location was placed there in an effort to carry a body from another location. In the course of investigating hundreds of Tarawa MIA cases over the past 10 years, Foundation researchers have noted the practice of the survivors of individual rifle companies to have scoured the island after the battle to try to bring all of their company dead together for burial in one location. Not only that, but Foundation researchers have discovered a map that was prepared after the battle with the location of a cemetery that has never been discovered. Over the past nine years, this map has been repeatedly offered to the Joint POW MIA Accounting Command and their successor, the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency or DEPA, with no response. On the map is a handwritten notation of a total of 32 burials in this unnamed cemetery. 32 MIAs. Noted by the Graves Registration Unit that have never been found. 19 MIA's from the lost company, Charlie Company, that have never been found. Well, you can check my Texas grade school math, but isn't that a total of 32? The 32 that are written on the map that have never been found? Hmm, let's think about this a minute. Occam would be very proud of us to do this. C Company. Cemetery C. That's Charlie Company, Cemetery Charlie. Could there be a correlation there? Could it be that simple? Occam would be very proud if we gave this some very considerate thought. In any case, Cemetery C is currently the only major lost cemetery on Tarawa with the remains of at least 32 missing American heroes who await discovery identification, and return home to their families. Come on, Deepaw, how hard can it be to follow a map? How hard can it be to just do your job? Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. Today's episode was inspired from the multiple investigative case files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation that we spoke of earlier. We hope you've enjoyed today's production. And we invite you to check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio Podcasts, Blueberry, or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. We greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We again thank you for your support of our mission to provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American service women. Every assistance counts, and you do make a difference. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas. I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them.